0: This is The One Thing Podcast where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, you heard a conversation with one of you, someone who has been a fan of the one thing and has been struggling with living it for a long time. And we talked specifically about a mindset shift that changed everything for her and that could possibly change everything for you as well. So if you missed episode 27, go back and check that out. In this episode, you are going to meet someone who is a very interesting man. We are going to dive deep into how you can increase your productivity, both physically and mentally. Uh, maybe you've heard of bulletproof proof coffee or people putting butter in their coffee, and you're going, butter in your coffee? Uh, that's, that's weird. I definitely thought that myself until I tried it, and it was awesome. Um, but Dave is someone who has had a very successful track record in business, but had a problem. I'm curious how many of you out there have ever been trying so hard to get better results, whether that be in your business, in your health, in your relationships. You, just, you try to muscle your way to the result, but you end up frustrated because no matter how hard you try, The results just don't show up. That's exactly where Dave was. And you're going to hear his story about, you know, making millions of dollars in his 20s, but still being... You know, 300 pounds, very, very overweight, unable to completely change his health, wondering why mentally he was always foggy and unable to focus or be effective. And the subtle tweaks that he started to make in terms of the food that he was eating, the way that he adjusted his environment, and it has created a massive movement. So, this is a guy that has spent over a million dollars personally investing in his own biohacking. And today we're going to dive deep on how you can increase your productivity based on reducing the things that make you weak. Or increasing the things that make you stronger. So, with that,
1: let's get into my conversation with Dave Asprey. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious, ready to eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef created, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month.
0: Bring me back to long before bulletproof, before all the biohacking, when you know you're 300 pounds overweight and realizing you need to make a change.
2: So about twenty, about twenty years ago, I hit maybe twenty three years ago, something like that. I, I hit three hundred pounds. I was in my undergrad studying, and I I just kept gaining uh, gaining weight. I'd been fat as a teenager, but not that fat. I had arthritis in my knees since I was fourteen, and all kinds of like cognitive problems. I was on antibiotics every month because I kept getting like sinus infections and strep throat, and was kind of a, a little bit brain foggy, but I'm a pretty smart guy. So even though my grades weren't very good, I went to Silicon Valley and decided there's nothing more important than losing this weight. So I worked out an hour and a half a day, six days a week. I'd had two knee surgeries in my early 20s. I'm like, I, I'm never having another one. I get to the point, I can max out every machine at my gym. And I still weigh three hundred pounds, so I'm strong. And I looked around one day, and all of my thin friends are eating like bacon, cheeseburgers, and French fries. and I'm eating a salad with no dressing, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! I can bench press all of them. It, it, this doesn't make any sense." And I just felt like, "Well, it's because I'm still eating too much, and I'm doing probably eighteen hundred calories. It's low fat, and it, it was like like this this message of, of I'm failing because I'm just I'm not good enough to do this." It turns out I was just doing something that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and i got pretty annoyed and started experimenting i ended up losing about 50 pounds in 3 months and my personality changed when i gave up gluten accidentally and i didn't mean to give up gluten i just read some weightlifter magazine and i i can tell you in a farming community 25 years ago you really didn't read weightlifting magazines because no self-respecting guy wants to look at a magazine full of guys wearing little bikinis like that that's just <laughs> something that you just wouldn't really do i, I mean okay my friends were like in you know, future farmers of America kind of thing. And, and so uh, I, I picked this up at a coffee shop. I'm like, I want a six pack abs, not six pack flabs like I've got. And this thing said, you know, maybe, maybe carbs make you fat. I'm like, this can't be. So eventually I'm like, okay, I have some degree of control and I've been fed a line of BS. So I went on to Silicon Valley and started growing my career and I started getting this crazy brain fog. So here I am, I'm 26. Made six million dollars at the company that held Google's first server when Google was, you know, two crazy guys from Stanford with a good idea. And we held a lot of other company servers too. I ended up running the web and internet engineering program for the University of California, like teaching engineers how to build the internet. Hmm. But I started getting this massive brain fog and I bought disability insurance. I'm like, I wouldn't hire myself. (laughs) So I went to the doctor. Like, I almost feel like I've been poisoned. Like I just I, I have the accelerator all the way to the floor. And the car's going slower, not faster. And I push harder, but there's nothing left to push. And he basically said, maybe you should lose some weight. I'm like, how? He goes, you should try eating healthy. And I go, maybe you should go F yourself. Like, do you know all the things I've done to lose weight, to even be sitting here you know, 50 or 60 pounds below where I used to be, but with 40 pounds of stuff that won't move? And when he told me vitamin C would kill me, I fired him. And I, for four years, just studied everything. I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and tens of thousands of hours studying biochemistry. I started taking smart drugs. I took modafinil for eight years and was featured on national news lots of times. It was like one of the first Silicon Valley guys to just openly say, yes, I'm doping. I got my MBA at Wharton while working full-time at a startup that we sold for $600 million (laughs) while taking modafinil because my brand wouldn't work without it. And eventually... I started running, and for the past almost 20 years now, um, I've run an anti-aging nonprofit research group uh, called the Silicon Valley Health Institute. We meet four minutes from Google's headquarters and have been bringing in these researchers. I've been learning from these people all this time. And about five, six years ago, I was a VP at a uh, publicly traded internet security company, and I was head of global evangelism. And I said, you know, I'm going to write down uh, what I've done because I'm already doing all this nonprofit education work around anti-aging and all of our uh, attendees are 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and they're kicking ass. The stuff works for anti-aging. But if someone had told me when I was 16 or 20 or 25 what I know now, The amount of suffering, the amount of wasted energy and time, and just the number of times I acted like a total jerk uh, for no reason, actually. There was a reason. It's because my brain wasn't working. Like, I'm just going to write this down. And if five people can dodge some of the pain that I went through, I will have done a really good service for them, and it's totally worth it. And it turns out that more than five people are interested in the kind of things that absolutely... Made me what I am today. You know, Twenty years of neurofeedback. I, I run a, a neurofeedback institute um, called Forty Years of Zen that does high-end CEO brain training, like immersive five-day things. That's completely changed my wiring. But you can't really change your wiring if your hardware's broken. And I just came out the new book and shameless plug here. <laughs> it's called it's called Headstrong. Look look real close. And uh, it's called Headstrong because about ten percent of your body weight is mitochondria it's the battery in your body and if your battery is working it's like the first day you get your cell phone it works all day long you charge it in the morning it was good till till the end of the day and after you've had it for 6 months you've charged it a few hundred times now, at 3 in the afternoon, it loses its charge. You've got to keep yep. plugging in all day long. This is happening to us. 48% of us under age 40 have early-onset mitochondrial dysfunction. It means your batteries aren't working. They aren't making energy from food the way they're supposed to. And then after age 40, everyone has it. It's called aging. Well, it's hackable. Like It is a system that is reasonably well-understood, but not perfectly well-understood. So there's a whole bunch of things that are well-documented to give you more power. And when you have more power then your ability to focus on personal development or you know, getting out of your own way, it just it's so much easier. Mm-hmm. So to to try and be a good person and a kind person when you don't have enough energy to be a kind person, you're going to act like a jerk the way I used to. And that's why I wrote Headstrong. That's why Bulletproof reaches 10 million people a month. And it's become a big movement. And it's all about having enough energy to be the person you are.
0: Well, we've... Over the last year since I came on board to, to partner with Gary and Jay... I've taken as much opportunity as I can to interact directly with the fans who've read the book. And, you know, everybody read the book because they want to be more productive. They want better focus. They want better results. And like you, they feel like they're muscling their way just trying to get better results, but the results aren't showing up, which of course then the frustration, the stress, it all comes to play. And I I remember when I first got exposed to Bulletproof, I do drink Bulletproof every morning. You know, it's got my little noctane octane oil, right here. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I've I've noticed a shift in terms of my mental clarity. But I love what you said about you can't you you have to. Is it the, the hardware? You can't fix the software unless you fix the hardware first.
2: Yeah, it, it's like oh, I'm going to have this this really good software upgrade and get this new app, but your processor is like you know running from 10 years ago. There just isn't enough there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. All the effort and muscling, which is a great way of describing it, that you can can do, it costs you something. It takes energy. It takes electrons in your mitochondria and your neurons to cause your synapses to fire to do the muscling. Well, (laughs) if you have plenty of energy and then you rewrite the software, well, there was no muscling to do it. And as a matter of fact, you probably didn't even need to, to manage that emotion because you've actually done your personal development, you've you've forgiven whatever that was, you've let go of it, which means what used to feel like a struggle becomes effortless. So turning up energy makes you feel effortless. Wasting less energy makes you feel effortless. You do both of those, and then you apply these personal development techniques. And it's actually not that hard to meditate when you're not constantly thinking about food.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Y- we talk in the book, there's um, the lies of productivity. And one of them is that willpower is always on will call. People feel like if there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) But we talk about how it is an energy source. That's why you need to do your most important work before noon when you actually have the willpower to do it. Let's go down the path a little bit about designing your environment, whether that be your physical environment, like the area around me versus my body as an environment. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, like my wife and I, the food that we eat is a real hot button right now she has noticed that gluten has been a major problem for her and she's finally just stripped it from her diet and like boom it is it is immediate shift talk to us a little bit about what we're putting into our bodies and why it makes such a big difference in terms of our performance on a daily basis because i the education there it's early on the adoption curve let's just put it that way
2: it is early on the curve with Headstrong and with my earlier book, uh, The Bulletproof Diet, which is I think around a half a million copies sold now in 10 languages globally. So it, it's, it's become successful.
0: Describe what Bulletproof Coffee is real quick for the people who don't know.
2: Bulletproof Coffee is coffee that's brewed with special beans that are free of neurotoxins that inhibit mitochondrial function. These are very common in coffee and they're regulated by most governments except in the U.S., So coffee that's illegal to sell in Japan or China or Europe gets sent here, we drink it, and then two hours later, we get sugar cravings and jitter and anxiety. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So that's part of it. And then you put Brain Octane, which is a very rare extract of coconut oil. It's different from MCT oil, if you've heard of that. But it raises a kind of energy that your brain loves even more than sugar without being stored as fat. And you put some grass-fed butter in there. You blend it up. It tastes like a really good latte. But you get this amazing focus that comes from having more electrons in your brain and having no neurotoxins. And this is a great answer for your question because the tenets in both books are number one, stop doing the things that make you weak. Almost everyone else out there in nutrition says, eat more of this because it's good for you. It's like, no. Okay. If you're carrying around like a 50 pound uh, ball and chain, the first thing you do to perform better is you set down the ball and chain. You don't exercise to learn how to carry a hundred pound ball and chain. Like it it just it it's so easy to say that, but people don't understand that. If half of what you're putting in your mouth or you're breathing or seeing whatever, if, if it's making you weak. Just stop doing that and see how much power you have and then decide how much training or how many upgrades you need to do. It's pretty amazing what's in there already just when you stop doing the wrong thing. Nutritionally, gluten is one of the wrong things.
0: Uh, It's interesting. I think part of the reason the one thing was so successful and really just was very paradigm shifting for people is because it wasn't saying, use this other productivity app and do this additional thing. It was about looking at all the things you could do and narrowing the stripping it all away and saying, no, what's the one thing... I must do first and not giving yourself permission to focus anywhere else until you do that. This is the same way. You're not saying go do this, 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 this. Look at the things that are making you weak and just stop doing those first. And a quick aside, you've heard us over the last few episodes talking about the founding member launch for the membership platform. This is very aligned with everything we're talking about right now in terms of stripping away everything that's unneeded and focusing on the stuff that actually matters. We know that there's a lot of stuff that we could be teaching you but our number one goal is to add value. Quite simply, we want to bring value to you. And I, I want to work closely with you to understand the exact pain points, the exact information you would need so that you can get a better understanding of what your purpose is, the exact information you would need so that you know how to bring a higher sense of priority to your life, how you can live a more productive life, how you can live a more profitable life. That's why we've been asking you to text the word founder to the number 33444 if you're interested in learning about a founding member so you can work directly with us and have this customized to you. So please text, pause the episode, text the word founder to the number 33444 because I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the coolest things that we do this year. And, and Dave, getting back on track, talk to me a little bit more about some of the foods that we should be aware of that maybe we
2: should consider not eating. Grains in general, with the exception of maybe white rice, for a lot of people are they're going to make you weak.
0: So you're saying my footlongs
2: is is is
0: no more well, footlongs.
2: The gluten thing is pretty well understood at this point. There's still a bunch of like science trolls here. There's no evidence, you know, unless you have celiac disease. Sorry, guys. Like Snopes is not a good source for pretty much anything. Um, if you look at what all of the functional medicine, all of the cutting-edge research, like, oh, there's all these weird proteins, uh, not gluten, that are in different grains, and we just aren't well-evolved to eat grass seeds. So, sorry, you might prevent starvation, and they're good if you have a giant population building pyramids or something. Of course, they'll lose a foot in height and get diabetes and cavities, which is what the historical records show. But grain is really not that good for you. It's better than starving, But it's not superfood for superhumans. It's just very far from that. So you stop eating that. Things like MSG, artificial flavorings, colorings, corn syrup, those just have to go. Like You will never perform at the level you're capable of if you put those in your body. They're junk. It also gets a little bit controversial because one of the things that the lining of every cell in your body is made out of is fat. So your, your cell membranes are tiny droplets of fat. If you eat fried stuff, your body tries to make cell membranes out of highly damaged fats. If you eat a lot of seed oils, same problem happens. And you get dysfunctional cell membranes, and your brain doesn't work as well. And you get, uh, in my book, I call it muffin top in the brain.
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) It's inflammation, (laughs) but it's in your head. All right, I got to tell you this because I'm just going to make a complete fool of myself. Uh, I recorded a rap video to celebrate Headstrong. I am not a rapper by any measure, way, shape, or form, but a friend of mine is. He uh, was invited to go. So he's like, Dave, we're going to do this. So he actually took me to a studio in LA and like wrote a rap. And one of the lines from the rap was, you've got muffin top in your crop. So I can just share that as a preview. That well, would be but, yep.
0: you, uh, you're in good company. When I was in medical devices, I used to write raps. <laughs> about my medical devices and I would go into the hospitals and deliver them to try to get attention. Awesome. Absolutely worked. <laughs> totally. So high five. New BFF. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're talking about rule number one was first and foremost, eliminate
2: the things that make you weak. And fried foods. I'll mean, i I'll tell you, if someone comes up to you and, and, and offers you, you can smoke the cigarette, or you can eat the plate of French fries, smoke the cigarette. Okay, I've never smoked. Smoking is bad for you, but smoking damages your arteries for only four hours, and nicotine actually makes you feel good and is a mitochondrial stimulant in low doses. French fries, at least 24 hours of reduced arterial function. Fried foods, especially from restaurants that reuse their fat, you should never eat those again. If you want to live a long time, you want to look good, you want to avoid cancer, and you just want to perform well, there is no reason to do that. Like You can cook foods another way and pour the fat on afterwards, and then you don't get these effects. It sounds like, oh, great, like like yet another thing I'm not supposed to do. Here's the deal. That is a common cause of inflammation. It's a common cause of even food cravings a couple hours after you eat it because your body's like, how do I get rid of this? I need extra energy just to try and break down all this crap you just put in here.
0: So you, you talked about what bulletproof coffee is, and, and I'll be really clear for people you're doing that for breakfast. You are drinking coffee that has grass-fed butter and your brain octane oil in it, and that is in substitution of breakfast. And I'm the guy that loved the big egg scramble. I wanted to eat the big hearty breakfast so that I had you could eat smaller meals throughout the day. And I'm thinking, drinking a cup of coffee in substitution? No way. What was really interesting for me is how it keeps me feeling full until noon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Why does that happen? And why is... Why, how does that help with ketosis, and what is ketosis?
2: Well, you, you mentioned the mental clarity that comes with it. Here's what happens when you drink a, a cup of Bulletproof coffee. Uh, a new study just came out uh, just about caffeine. This is not specifically about the Bulletproof lab-tested beans. And the study showed that caffeine meaningfully raises ketones by itself. This is equivalent to about two small cups of coffee, about a 77% increase in ketones. Ketones are these fat-burning bodies. We normally have sugar as our primary fuel source in our blood, And in times of starvation or times of biohacking, we can turn on fat burning. And if you've ever fasted for a few days, you for the first few days feel like you're going to die. And after three or four days, it's like you're not hungry anymore. You just have this state of amazing energy and clarity. and it just it, it's it's hard to explain, but it's a lot of focus. And this is why most, world religions have a period of fasting because it provides mental clarity because it lets you pay attention to what's going on well with bulletproof coffee when you have brain octane in it in addition to what caffeine itself does brain octane raises ketones way more than coconut oil and way more than mct oil so it's a source of we call exogenous ketones so instead of fasting for four days in a cave the traditional way you add the stuff to your coffee It raises your blood levels of ketones. Now the neurons in your brain that prefer ketones to sugar, they're like, finally, I got the fuel I've been craving. It's called brain octane because it's higher octane. It has more energy than sugar does. And your neurons are the most energy hog part of your entire body because they have 15,000 mitochondria per cell. Uh, So do your eyes and so does your heart. The rest of you is a couple hundred to a couple thousand. So they're like... I'm dying. I'm starving. The starvation happens in the brain first. But when you give it to them, they're like, finally, you can now stop thinking about what's going to go in your mouth next. And there's two hormones that control that. One is called ghrelin and the other is called CCK. Ghrelin makes you hungry. CCK makes you full. A small amount of ketones shifts both of those. And this is why when you have a cup of Bulletproof coffee in place of breakfast, when the 10 a.m. like donut muffin tray comes around- there's just no desire, there's no willpower. It's just like, I don't care versus I'm a good person, I'll tell myself no, and then you have the inner dialogue, which sucks willpower. Just just like in the one thing, this willpower myth, you do use up willpower. But if willpower is like eat the cookie, no, eat the cookie, no, eat the cookie, no, every one of those no's is willpower. And if the cookies are sitting on the conference table in front of you, you're screwed. You're going to eat half a cookie and then feel like like a loser later. You
0: are literally describing my evenings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, this is this is what I did when I weighed three hundred pounds. And if maybe I had enough willpower to resist the cookie, I'd like high five myself. But then my willpower was done. All my decision making for the rest of the day was was not as good as it could be unless I ate a cookie because then I get sugar. and I, yeah. that would give me more energy for willpower. And this is why uh, these ketones are just amazing because the voice in your head doesn't turn on, and a weird relaxation response happens when you get enough ketones. That's why brain octane matters. I put it in my other food too.
0: Yeah, and um, we for the people who are listening to the podcast, we're actually doing a Facebook Live live while we're doing this. And I saw uh, Jennifer asked, she said, all right, I want to try it. Where do I get it? What's, what's the website?
2: It's bulletproof.com.
0: Bulletproof.com. So there you go. You can order there. I, I get some of the stuff through Amazon. So you guys can do your research there. That first thing you said was to eliminate the things that are making you weak. So after we first and foremost look at the stuff in our environment, the stuff that we're eating that's actually making us worse off, where do we go from there?
2: Well, then you do more of the stuff... That makes you strong. One of the most important things is polyphenols. Now, polyphenols are these brightly colored compounds that you'll find in blueberries and coffee, tea, chocolate. Not very much in red wine, but there is some in red wine. Oh, thank God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Alcohol <laughs> itself is not good for your mitochondria. Uh, I'm but, not cutting that one. <laughs> yeah, just have less and have better. Uh, unfortunately, wine contains a substantial amount of these mitochondrial neurotoxins that come from mold. So, drink the French red wine and Stop. just make, drink the expensive French red wine. You drink less of it because you can't afford to drink more of it. I, and I, I have this day.
0: condition where I can't hear negative things. It literally just goes like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, what were we saying? Uh, I, I can't remember. I, I, do you have any cookies? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I like you. Uh, so, what's what's going on is that You you fast or fast reverse, whatever you used to do on a PCR. I want to go backwards, not forward, but fast reverse? Yeah, but there's like, you have to go really fast. Anyway, let's go back to uh, three, four thousand years ago when we are establishing trade routes as early humans. The very first trade routes were salt trade routes. Mm. You know, the the old salt traders and they'd pack their salt up on their yaks and carry them over the Himalayas, things like that. Very soon after we got enough salt, by the way, this should be a sign that salt isn't bad for you, just saying. Is Um, not bad for you? you No, you actually, the more stress you're under, the more salt you need. And the current recommendations from the government to restrict salt, restrict it so much that it increases your risk of heart attack. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's so irritating. There are studies about this. Like, who would have thought? Uh, we, We have this mindset and this is something that that I think would be reflected well in the one thing. It's like, if something is good, then you must have more. And if something is bad, you must have less. But almost everything biologically has a U-shaped curve, which means if you have none, you might not like what happens. You have way too much, you might not like what happens. So having the right amount is more important than having more or less. Mm. And salt is one of those things. And the right amount is more than you think. And you have this cool thing that tells you whether you need more salt. It's called your taste buds. <laughs> as long as you're getting sea salt, not... Uh, the chemically separated out salt, and you're balancing it with other minerals. It turns out the more stress you're under, the more salt you're going to require in order to stay healthy and have functioning adrenals. So salt was important for our early trade routes. But right after salt, they became spice trade routes. So this is where the precious herbs and spices were were carried. Now, after that, they became tea and coffee trade routes, depending on the part of the world. You couldn't get coffee in in Asia for a very long time, so it was tea. Now, they fought wars over these trade routes. International boundaries were drawn along these trade routes. Now We like to tell ourselves it's because people didn't like the taste of spoiled meat, so they had to have spices in their meat. Really? Maybe they could have just killed another animal. We had lots of animals to kill. That's not what it was. What it is, is that our bodies desperately require polyphenols to function well. It's your mitochondria that need them. They are signaling molecules, they're antioxidants, and they're incredibly important. So, we've had wars over these things. <laughs> We've had uh, countless people die trading them and growing them. We've subjugated entire countries to get polyphenols. And we're not consuming enough of them because when you eat low quality, even organic food that isn't grown in good soil, it, does, it looks like a vegetable. It just doesn't have very many polyphenols in it. The richest sources of polyphenols on a per gram basis are spices. So what you want to do to... to live longer, and to have a brain that works better now, is you want to double or triple the normal amount of polyphenols that you would get. Number one source of polyphenols in the American diet comes from coffee. It's the richest source of them that there is nutritionally in terms of volume. But things like vanilla, oregano, rosemary, any spice you can name, use a lot more of those turmeric. So put it in your salad dressing, crust your steak with it. Don't go shy on those things. And I actually supplement polyphenols, and I drink some of the Bulletproof lab-tested decaf. I drink tea. And during the course of writing this book, I more than doubled my polyphenol intake, which was already pretty substantial because I'm on a program to live to 180 years old. (laughs) And I I take 100-plus supplements a day, and I I do every possible thing out there. And I've spent, at this point, more than a million dollars. Upgrading my hardware because I don't know where else I could make a better investment than having energy all the time. Like like when I was young, I didn't have energy all the time. I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt what it was like to be old when I was young. So I over-allocate my investments here. And you don't need to do this to be successful. I'm just telling you, eat more polyphenols means more veggies, more spices, more coffee, more tea, more chocolate.
0: So let's kind of shift in and talk about the environment that a lot of us struggle with, which is the place that we actually work i'm 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 in Jay's office right now, but if I were to open the door and go out there, I mean, you see a bunch of cubicles, distractions everywhere. This is hands down one of the biggest problems because we and anytime we write anything about how to get organized to work, it just it just blows up. It's just crazy. Talk to us about little things that we can be doing to enhance our environment so that we can be more focused. we can be more productive.
2: This is awesome. It's going to take a little while to answer this, and you're going to like this, so stick with me for a second. There you go. All right. It all goes back to mitochondria. That's why this is a subject of Headstrong. If you are a single-celled bacteria, there's only four things you need to do for your species to become dominant. Here's the four things. Number one, you eat everything. Number two, run away from or kill anything scary. (laughs) Right. Uh, okay. The other one is have sex with everything that's left. The species has to reproduce. All right. Right. And if you and if all of those are done, the next thing you should do is you should connect with others. You should organize and make a biofilm. Right. But if there's not enough food, no. Like you just you know you, you, you do it this way. Now I would just argue: Have you ever done something you're ashamed of that wasn't one of those three behaviors?
0: Have I ever done something I was ashamed of that wasn't one of them? eat everything, kill everything scary, have sex with... Or one run away from everything scary. Or, or, yeah. or, or, so,
2: what you're dealing with there is, there's a quadrillion of these mitochondria. They're ancient single-celled bacteria that are incorporated into our cells. They decide when cells live, when cells die, when cells replicate, what genes get expressed. They're sensitive to heat, light, vibration, sound, EMF, the food you eat. They're sensitive to your stress levels. And they are way faster than you are because they are your environmental sensors. Every nerve you have, your eyes, your taste, everything Mm -hmm. is driven by mitochondria. So here's my question for you. If you have a quadrillion tiny sensors spread in every cell of your body, except your red blood cells for whatever reason, then these guys are doing all the environmental sensing for you. They are only running these four rules. Nothing else. They're too small and dumb to do anything else, but they run them really, really fast. They run them a quadrillion times, and they're sampling millions of times a second. All of the stress that you're experiencing from the distracted environment around you is an emergent phenomenon from a quadrillion tiny single-celled organisms Mm -hmm. that you feel as anxiety. And when you're procrastinating, what's going on there is these stupid little bacteria that are necessary for you to be a human are deciding that something in your environment might be scary, therefore you should do something else and not pay attention to that Mm -hmm. because it's too scary. So all of the things we do that we don't like are emergent behavior coming from these stupid little bacteria that are calling the shots. But since they're stupid little bacteria and they don't listen to you, other than how stressed you are, they listen to the environment around you. One of the first things you do is you give them so much energy that they can stop being stressed about one of those three behaviors, eat everything. Like, oh, I don't want to eat everything. I'm full, okay? There's your Bulletproof coffee. There's eat more fat. There's eat less sugar, okay? You follow the basic nutritional stuff that's in there. Like, okay, one of the three big distractions goes away. You've taken care of of hunger. So now all the energy that was going into your prefrontal cortex for you to like think about what's for lunch, am I hungry? I'm going to say no. All that stuff just goes away. Now these little guys are looking for email alerts. They're looking for anything that might be dangerous. And if so, could be scary. So you reduce distractions in your environment, which allows you to have more focus, which is a really cool thing. Now, I mentioned they're light sensitive. They're exquisitely light sensitive.
0: This is something I just talked about recently in in, in something in, in a course I was creating. Yeah, we went deep into light sensitivity in the bedroom, all that stuff
2: okay, so so you're you're familiar with that, and and for listeners, LED lights, the white ones that you just spend extra money on because they save you money, they're the corn syrup of lighting. right We are designed our mitochondria floated in the ocean two billion years ago. They want sunlight and they want darkness. And when you're giving them a tiny slice of sunlight with way too much blue light and no infrared and no red, and none of the other full spectrum stuff it causes damage. It, it overstimulates them. And you actually get sugar cravings and you get tired. It, it saps your energy. It sounds unbelievable, but the number of people who have sugar cravings because of the lighting in their, in, in their offices is insane. So you want to have incandescent or halogen. Fluorescents are bad and LEDs are worse. So you've you just got to get those out of your environment. When I'm in a poor lighting environment, I have a special kind of glasses called true dark glasses. During the day, there's a pair of amber ones called Daywalker. They cut out the stuff that causes stress in your eyes. When the mitochondria in your eyes get stressed, your eyes are connected to your brain. They're almost part of your brain. Your brain mitochondria get stressed. And instead of focusing now, there's a stressor. And a, the stressor is environmental. And what do you know? Now you're distracted. Now you want the cookie, right? And you end up waking up all these primordial behaviors.
0: So you're saying the LED lights in my kitchen are why I go for the cookie every night?
2: It it (laughs) might just be personal weakness in your case, but for most people, yeah, it's the light. (laughs) I think it is. it's, It's a contributor. And if you have them in your kitchen at night... It is a cause of sleep disruption for four hours after you're under those led lights you'll make no melatonin so i have the the true dark they're called twilight glasses that i wear for an hour or two before bed they filter out far more than blue spectrum and they look sort of sort of reddish but it's an opt a set of optical filters everything that affects circadian rhythm and when i'm flying overseas or flying you know to new york and back in 48 hours i don't get jet lag anymore because i control the color of light that goes into my eyes and those sorts of things, it's all mitochondrial. But in terms of freeing up willpower and being able to focus, okay, you might just want to turn off the overhead lights in your office for a day and see what happens. Mm. And you'll say, well, it's a little bit dim, but wow, I had a lot more energy. Okay, if there's something in your environment that sucks your energy, that creates distraction, that adds no value for you, then you need to fix it.
0: Mm. That is super interesting. What's, what's been the single biggest... We talk a lot about stripping the things away that are bad. What's been the single, the one thing that you have done that you stripped away that gave you
2: the biggest ROI? Do you mean just environmental or just as a broad question? Let's go both. All right. I'd say environmentally, it's got to be the foods that make you weak. And they're different for different people. On on the Bulletproof Diet, I have a roadmap. You can get it for free. You don't have to buy the book, although I appreciate it if you do. It's on the, the Bulletproof website. Just search for Bulletproof Roadmap. And there's a list of suspect foods that make broad swaths of people weak. So lentils may totally kick ass for you. And they're a suspect food. So they're not guilty for you. For me, if I cut out all lentils, I perform better and I feel better. They're not on my, my ancestral diet. Another one, nightshades like, like bell peppers and potatoes, they're kryptonite for some people. They cause rheumatoid arthritis and sugar cravings and they make you obese. And for the guy next to you, they're just fine. So you, you need to know. So you just get rid of all that stuff for a little while and you test it. And that is, for me, one of the biggest things. Because if you're eating something every day that makes you weak, you'll constantly be distracted, and then it's harder to do the other work. And I found out, for instance, I am nightshade sensitive. So my ancestral soul food is green chili because I grew up in New Mexico. I eat any member of the pepper family. I get the, the knee arthritis comes back. Like it, it's it's not an allergy. It's a genetic intolerance that comes from my, my family tree. If I hadn't known that... <laughs> I wouldn't have liked my life. And all the time, it's not just joint pain, it's cognitive function that goes away. So that that's part of the answer. But the really, the, the big answer, like what do you eliminate that makes the biggest difference? It's ego. Mm, go into that. Well, there's only a few ego behaviors that are out there. In fact, there's only three ego behaviors that are out there. Have sex with everything, run away from or kill scary things, and eat everything. Like Those are the foundational things of greed, of war, of hate, of aversion. All the things, like the negative sides of humanity, are emergent behaviors that come from our mitochondria. And- You feel responsible for them, but it's a separate distributed consciousness inside your body that's taking care of your energy supply system. And when it is dominant because you didn't have enough energy to manage it effectively, then you do the things that you're sorry you did and that you apologize for later. And when you're in charge, you're riding on top of it. And the best way to be in charge is to have enough energy. But after that, I spent three months of my life doing neurofeedback at at 40 years of Zen and, and training that. And it turns out a system like that can be trained. And inside you, you have this thing I like to think of it as like as like a dog. You either have a puppy that pees on the floor and, and won't go for a walk, and you drag it everywhere on a leash, and it chews up your shoes, which is the state for most of us, or you have a service dog. And by things like meditation, things like uh, you know making yourself do things that are scary or hard until they're not scary or hard anymore by pushing yourself and having self-discipline, which requires some amount of of willpower, but it also requires technique. It's very hard to train a dog, but you go to a professional dog trainer, it's easy. That's why we have meditation teachers. It's all about training that stupid system that only does three things, but it does them a quadrillion times over and over and over that you, you feel really guilty about. So for me, it was training myself to be aware of that system and its nature. And being able to then look at a situation where my ego would tell me, that that guy cut me off in traffic because he thinks he's better than me and because he doesn't value my time. And so I'm, therefore, I'm going to drive my truck over his, his little Prius app. Oh, never mind. Just take a deep breath. Okay. Uh,
0: but- <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my Prius. Real men drive Priuses.
2: <laughs> I used to drive a Prius, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, and then I, I took the plaque off the Prius and I put it on my Hummer. So now it says hybrid synergy drive on the back of my Hummer. And now I'm really cool. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome, man. But that ego thing about, all right, you know, someone cuts you off and you you tell yourself that story. When you have trained your ego, you could just as easily tell yourself a story that, oh, that guy cut in front of me because his son is dying in the hospital and he's got to get there. Like, neither story is true, right? It could just be he cut me off and I, whatever. But the story you tell yourself comes from somewhere and if you realize that your powers of self-deception are almost unlimited, then that's the biggest thing that I've that I've learned that I would I would offer you. But you should eat the right foods too. Change the way you look at things and the things you yeah. look
0: at will change. I love it, man. There you have it, my conversation with Dave Asprey of Bulletproof. We went a lot of different directions with this, folks. And we we dove deep because I wanted to expose you to new ideas. A lot of development is about pushing yourself beyond what's comfortable for you. And part of what's comfortable is based on the ideas and the information that you have been exposed to. We intentionally wanted to take you out there and go deep into how what you're putting into your body makes a difference how your environment makes a difference it all adds up to your productivity so we appreciate your attention hopefully this brought value to you the the big thing that i would suggest dave made a lot of claims about various things and how they perform at the end i love how he said look it's it's what works for you you know for him first for, for some people you know red peppers and peppers may may cause inflammation for him and it, it causes inflammation in his knees but for other people it's completely benign, nothing nothing wrong. This is about looking at you as an individual and beginning to pay attention to how am I feeling? Am I feeling stressed? Am I feeling tired? Really acknowledging this internal thermostat that we all have called our feelings. And if something isn't feeling right, if something isn't good, to start asking the question, what can I change here? What are the things that are making me weaker that I can eliminate and test it. Start by stripping things away, simplification. It's at the heart of our brand. Start stripping it away and test and see how you feel and then slowly begin to incorporate things into your life. When I look at somebody like Dave, when I look at somebody like a Tim Ferriss, they wake up every day viewing their life, their experience as a test. Gary Keller's the same way. He's constantly identifying models for businesses and every single day he wakes up testing them trying to stress them trying to break the model and reinvent it could you do this with your life could you view every day that you are here on this earth as an opportunity to sharpen the saw to be better and just to begin testing and making little tweaks making progress every single day because that's when life can get really really interesting so we hope this added value to you This episode came because of feedback from some of you. You were interested in in diving deeper into nutrition and environment. This is exactly why we're doing the founding members for our membership platform, because we know that this is why we have been talking to you about the founding members for our new membership platform. We know this is going to be such an incredibly impactful program that we bring to market. It is Our one thing that we can bring to market this year. I am throwing all of our resources behind it, and we want to make sure that we do it right. We want to partner with you. We want to work closely with a select group of you to identify what is the specific information we must bring to you so that you can live a more purposeful life, bring more priority to your life, have more productivity, and have more profit. So if you're interested in learning more, even being considered, text the word founder to the number 33444. Again, text the word founder to the number 33444 because we are opening the doors to the founding members now. As you are listening to this, we are going to be opening the doors. So now is the time. If you have not done it, pause the episode, text the word founder to the number 33444 so you can learn what it's going to look like if you were to work with us here. This will be one of the coolest things we do this year. I promise you, you want to be involved in this. So again, folks, thank you for your attention. Thank you for your time. We love you. We do this for you. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you.